I'm Molly O'Connor. And I'm Sarah Connell Sanders. And you are listening to Pop It. This is the podcast for popping questions, popping bottles, and pop culture. Are you ready for another countdown? Yeah. Ten. Nine. Eight. I hope everyone enjoys my rendition of countdown oh my god uh, the last episode i meant to ask you molly what did yes. you think of my hack sampling of beyonce i loved it <laughs> i thought it was so funny and also just you we had to oh yeah you know you need the full experience you do need the full experience and it's much better than me singing like sounds well, no, nothing tops you singing sounds. Just singing sounds. I was going to ask you if you were going to do it again, actually. All right, we're doing let's do another I mean, countdown. Beyonce hasn't come for us yet. She is not. And honestly, I doubt that she will because we are small potatoes. And we're protected by fair use. <laughs> also, yes, also that. It is okay to do that. Are you popping um, a bottle over there? I have a bottle. So I went to the store because I was like, well, I want to pop a bottle. And I got one of those three packs of like tiny Proseccos that were, it was very cheap. But I have taken the foil off and I'm very upset because it has, it has like a little twist off thing. Oh, Maybe man. it'll make a noise. Maybe it'll have like a noise though. So I'm going to try. I'm going to pop it. I'm going to do my best. Pop that bottle, woman. Oh, it's hard to turn. All right, hold on. I gotta like put get my sleeve on it. Oh, glass. I'm doing it up to the microphone. So Sarah, you probably can't hear it. Some ASMR features. Nice. I am enjoying a Bloody Mary. Um, a Bloody. Courtesy of Dead Horse Hill. Oh yeah, and you got that crab salt. Yes. And I put tequila in it. Ooh, yum. Mm -hmm. I've never been a vodka girl, you know? It's a Bloody Maria. All right, what are the categories you got in store for us? Well, I would say we, first of all, collaborated on this one. But we have five. Five quarantine anthems. So songs that are keeping us afloat, that are making us feel less alone, or sometimes maybe more alone. Or not more, but like isolated. I don't know, just like helping us through isolation. Yeah. We are obsessed with TikTok. Um, I know, <laughs> turns it out, is addicting. It really is. I was just like flipping through them today, like giggling, and I was like, I must seem like a crazy person right now. Um, so we are going to tell you four TikTokers to follow. Three things that we have learned about ourselves through this time. Two highs and one low. It's... It's too bad that one low is last because it's, like, depressing, but I feel like it's better to do more highs than lows. Yeah, that's how right? I was feeling, too, when I was, like, thinking of the pyramid. I was like, I don't want to give a bunch of stuff that I've had go wrong. Yes, it's a good one for the end. And also, then we can, like, turn it around and start talking about kooky things. Yeah, and you can give me advice. Maybe I can give you a little advice. We'll see. Exactly. All right, what was the first song that you picked as a quarantine anthem? Well, Stupid Love, the Lady Gaga song, came out, I think it literally came out the last week, like week or weekend, right before everything closed. So we never got a chance to dance to it up in the club, you know, or like in public. Will we ever dance up in the club again, Molly? I don't know, but 
It is the first single off of her upcoming album, Chromatica, which she has been teasing for a while and finally gave us a release date for. And I I love it very much because it, it has a lot of disco vibes, which is my shit, which is what I'm into. <laughs> like, I don't want to swear for <laughs> my, the radio. That's shit. my sh- It's my happening, baby, and it freaks me out. Um, But I also really like it because it reminds me of, like, her older sound. I have actually really enjoyed, um, like, I loved her last album, Joanne, a lot. Oh, me too. Yeah, it was a big change for her. So I I don't mind her, like, kind of going back to the, well, I guess it's not that old. It sounds like a Born This Way track. I loved that album, though. So I'm ready for it. Bring it on. Bring me Space Girl, Lady Gaga. I'm about it. Yeah, and I want to talk more about, like, algorithms and things when we get into TikTok and a number of other things on our list. But I do think of Lady Gaga as a pop machine, and she understands and appreciates that. And there is technology right now where a computer can analyze all of the biggest pop hits and then churn out some content, and then she makes it her own. Oh, yeah. She adds, like, the creativity that takes it from generated to exceptional. Absolutely. Uh, And I also would recommend I have been doing like a core exercise routine to that song. It's very good to motivate you through like crunches and bicycles and stuff. Ooh, okay. Highly, highly. Yeah, it's super good for that. Yeah, I've been doing I've been doing a trifecta of love songs. (laughs) Oh, perfect. I guess if we're going to go that route, I'll start with the Savage Remix. Megan Thee Stallion, you know, had this savage song that went viral on TikTok. It was the first dance that I learned and I didn't like post it to the app. I sent it to all of my college roommates and then they were so funny learning the dance, especially Kathleen in Seattle. What a girl. What a dancer. Um, (laughs) And now Beyonce has helped Megan Thee Stallion to remix it and it's beautiful. It's unbelievable. If you're running, man, that'll get you going up those hills. Yeah, it's also, like, she's a good, like, Beyonce's a very good rapper. Yeah, she's the best rapper in that family. Sorry, Jay-Z. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that I would go that far, <laughs> but I do think that it is, she has put out the best rap song in her family this year. <laughs> all right, all right, agree to and disagree. And actually, no, 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 because actually she, I do love her. Like, she did a little rapping on Lemonade, too. Um, yeah, it is. She is great, though. She's, like, a very... She is a good rapper. I think, like, if she made an album that was mostly rap, it would be great. Absolutely. What's next on your list? I have this play... I don't even know... Oh, I know how I start found it. So I listen to uh, my favorite radio station, you know, like, the old-timey radio, is 92.5 The River, Boston's Independent Radio. And um, they play a very eclectic mix of, you know, old kind of folksy songs, newer jams, just like a very, it's just like a super weird mix of stuff. But they go through phases where they'll they'll pick like 10 songs that they keep, that they rotate into the lineup for a few months. Um, And one of them is a Foo Fighters song, which is old. It's not a new song. It's called Times Like These. And they put the acoustic one on. And I, it's funny because I have historically, I don't, I actually like Dave Grohl a lot as a person, but I have historically called Foo Fighters mediocre, adequate, <laughs> not good. Um, and so it's so funny to me. I, I heard it on the radio. It might have been like right at the beginning of this. And I was just like so struck by it. The lyrics are really lovely. And it's just a, it's a nice song, but there's a part where he says it's times like these. 
Um, you learn to love again. It's times like these you learn to live again. And I just felt really moved by it. Yeah, I just felt really moved by it. Um, obviously, he wasn't like writing the song about this situation. <laughs> well, there are so many things that I would love to hear acoustic. Mm-hmm. And I guess that is what may, uh, this is just going to be our TikTok episode. That's what makes right. TikTok <laughs> so interesting is that people use the constraints that the app sets forth and they create their own content based on someone else's content. Yep. And you're like building on their success, but at the same time, exercising your own innovation. I don't know. Yeah. I just love it. So yeah, more acoustic music in quarantine. I'm all in. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So the song is like 20 years old and I just think it's, I just find it really cool when songs like that are just like, you can find a way to apply things to life outside of, you know, the context of what they are. The song that's been bringing me really good vibes is Sunday Best by Surfaces. And mm -hmm. it just is like the kind of thing that when the sun is shining and you close your eyes, no matter what is going on or like I've been sitting in my parking lot a lot, which is not <laughs> the most glamorous environment. But with my eyes closed and that song playing in my AirPods, I feel like I'm at the beach. I feel you. Who are surfaces? Like where do they come from? Who knows? It's another TikTok <laughs> find. Is it? I was gonna. I was gonna ask you if it was TikTok or um, I find a lot of mine from Spotify algorithms. I have a legitimate addiction, Molly. To you do. It's true. Yeah, we will get there. Oh my <laughs> um, god. Okay. But what's next on your list? What is mine? Oh, I have been doing a lot of listening to Wilco's um, Landmark. <laughs> What year was it? 2001? 2000? 2001 album, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. Wilco is like this like legendary, they sort of started as alt country and then evolved into just everything. Um, band, Jeff Tweedy is their lead singer. And um, this album that they made, it was like one of, I think it was the first Pitchfork 10, like 10.0 or one of the like early, early 10s on pitch, Pitchfork ratings. But it's just a perfect album to use to sort of just, like, surround yourself with pleasant noise. It's, like, it's very, what's the word I'm looking for? Not ethereal, but just, like, it's trans it transports. It's evocative. I noticed that we both have this on our list. 1994 is when mm -hmm. Fiona Apple first came out with Criminal. Yeah. Yeah. Is that right? Ta and and so 1994 is also when Wilco kind of rose to fame. So that's really interesting. Yeah. Was it 94 or 96 was title? Uh, but it was right um, in the mid-90s. Um, yeah. Jeff Tweedy, if you guys are fans of Parks and Recreation, played the fictional lead singer of the band, or the lead singer of the fictional band Land Ho that Leslie and Andy convinced to perform at their Pawnee Eagleton Unity concert. <laughs> All right, Criminal is 96. Uh, Fiona came out with a new album. She did it so good. Fetch the Bolt Cutters. It is so good, and I love the percussion. I mm -hmm. love that she was somebody who I felt really understood what I was going through as a teen and, like, spoke to me. Right? And now she's my age, and we're coming out on the other side. And again, she created this evocative album that speaks to me. And so I just like that she's grown up at the same pace. 
She, yeah, she really has. She makes a lot of really interesting sound effects. Like, she sounds like a dolphin in the first track on the album. It's called I Want You to Love Me. And I just kept thinking it was a wildlife sample or something, but she's making these noises on her own. I love when she does that. She has a track from the last album she did called Hot Knife, where it's like, it's just her singing, but it just sounds like just the way she's inflecting her voice just sounds so particular and interesting. Um, yeah, I think it's a great album. I think that ooh, I think that I just like I just hit my microphone. Everything's OK. I think that she's the perfect quarantine artist because she lives her life as a quarantine artist. <laughs> she makes an album. I think she did 96, 2002 or two. Yeah, 2006, 2012, and now 2020. So, like, she takes big, long breaks. She goes into hiding, and then she comes up with, you know, this, like, life-changing material. Uh, She actually, I was reading about the song Relay, which is my favorite one from the album. Lyrically, it reminds me a lot of a song by a 90s punk band called Bikini Kill. Uh, The song is called Reject All American, and it has very similar... It has a very similar theme where she says things like, I resent you for being raised right, and I resent you for being tall. And it's about her rage stemming from the types of people like Brett Kavanaugh who come into power and just flout their li- like flaunt their lives and are like, how could anyone ever be mad at me? Um, but I was reading how she said that she wrote the, the like main lyric that kind of like starts the song and is the context for it where she says evil is a relay sport when the one who's burned turns to pass the torch when she was 15 years old which is insane and then she was like yeah now i'm 42 and i was finally able to apply it to like a thing that i was watching on tv um so i think that that is so interesting and it comes back exactly to what you were saying which is like she spoke so clearly right to like those feelings of being a teenager and then looped back around she came full circle on herself. Yes. And I've talked about this before, but one of my favorite profile pieces of any celebrity is of Fiona Apple. And she's like laying under a coffee table while the writer is <laughs> yeah. trying to coax her out. And I oh. guess she's kept in touch with a lot of journalists, music journalists, who she felt portrayed her accurately in ways that she couldn't see herself. And so mm. she goes to them like for sage advice regularly and has kept up all these relationships with people that who have interviewed her over the years. It's so interesting. Is that the interview where she talks about how she's like, I think it's the same one where she's like, yeah, I feel like my Rudolph is probably like, why are you still writing songs about my husband? Because she dated, yeah, she, she dated um, Paul Thomas Anderson for a few years in the 90s and they are still friendly, but like, I guess she has still done a few songs and she's like, yeah, she probably thinks I'm crazy. The next song that is on my list is Stuck With You and it's a Justin Bieber and Ariana Grande collab that just came out. It's yes. just kind of silly. It's like slow and brooding and it's meant to show gratitude for all of the first line workers which I thought was really nice but it's pretty catchy and I like the controversy around it where I guess Bieber thought it would be funny to include a video of Carol Baskin in it like dressed as a tiger yeah Ariana Grande put her foot down and she's like no (laughs) right she was like I did not approve that um I I like yeah I like that song a lot I think it's fun Um, Yeah, I just, it's so funny because before I even saw the video or anything, I just saw Ariana's tweet that was like, I just want to be clear that I did not (laughs) approve this. And I was like, what is going on? Like, I didn't even know what was happening. What's the next one on your list? 
I think my last one, right? Are we not? Is that the the end? So I have been watching Mrs. America, which I will talk about later. The new TV show following Phyllis Schlafly's, well, I was going to say attempted, but it was actually a successful takedown of the Equal Rights uh, Amendment in the 1970s. And there's a lot of like feminist icons featured as characters, and it stays pretty true to the story. But one of the things that I noticed in one of the episodes is that Gloria Steinem's friend, Marlo Thomas, who was herself an actress, produced this TV special in the 1970s called Free to Be You and Me. And I used to watch it constantly as a kid. My mom and my Aunt Lynn were, like, enamored with it as children. So we used to watch it all the time. We would rent it from the library. (laughs) And I had, like, they had books. They had, like, it was, like, a whole thing. And all of the money that they raised from it went towards uh, Equal Rights Act stuff. The song is featured at the very end of one of the episodes. And I was just thinking, first of all, I love that song. It's a very, if you haven't heard it. it is featured in never been kissed the drew barrymore movie but it's like a real like hippie sounding song where they're like there's a land that i see where the children are free and it's like all about you know it's like it's very cute yeah it's all about like people living as themselves and i feel like a lot a lot of the discourse right now is focused on like freedom and what freedom means i was thinking about you know the idea that people are like oh i can't have someone get like cut my hair for me or I can't do this when really like I feel that the form of freedom that we should be looking for is like the freedom to be who we really are which is what that whole thing is about and just be and also to be who we really are and also the freedom to accept one another for what they are or what you know what who all of us are Um, as like a society and as a people so I was just thinking about that it felt you know a lot of that show feels very topical still now but yeah it's a beautiful song I highly recommend (laughs) the whole the whole special I think is on YouTube it's really fun to watch actually it's super 70s but it's also like somehow very timely it's yeah it's a lot of fun my last pick is Goldmine by Joyner Lucas, who is also someone that is easy to root for, given that he's from Worcester. But he Local just came hero. out with a new album. Yeah, and that's the one that's on my running mix. Super catchy. Oh, and the Fiona Apple article that I loved was from 2012, and it's Vulture, so it's New York Mag. But it's written by Dan P. Lee. Oh, and it's interesting. Called, I just want to feel everything. Hiding out with Fiona Apple, musical hermit. That sounds appropriate. I also want to apologize for um, all the noise in the background. My very essential husband has just returned home. I can't hear anything. You're fine. I have Good. my window open. Can you hear like window noises? No. I might have to close it soon. It's going to rain. Tut tut. Looks like rain. It's raining over here half mile To away. quote my friend Pooh Bear. Oh, yeah. It must be headed your way hey, i guess it is here we're not that far <laughs> um i was just gonna say one more thing about joiner lucas oh oh go to i that. like i like that song a lot but i have to say that will is my favorite <laughs> yes well and i loved will smith's response i love the video yeah i think it's great i just i love it so much and the sentiment behind it is like we should say thank you to our heroes before they die unexpectedly absolutely and Going off of that really quickly, Little Richard just died. And one of the things that he was sort of a champion of was, like, making sure that people knew who he was and, like, what he had done for rock and roll before he died. And I think that's really cool. Like, he made sure himself. And I think that's really valuable. And I think some people see that as grandstanding or as 
arrogance, but I think that when you are the person who did kind of write or rewrite parts of some kind of history, you should do it. Yeah. Talk yourself up, right? I think so. That's the whole idea of like shine theory, um, Mm -hmm. which was also a New York Magazine article written like 10 years ago by Anne Friedman. Yes. But the idea is that we all, especially as women or marginalized people, we all pump each other up. And like, if I don't shine, you don't shine. So when Molly's successful and she is my partner and friend, like then I'm successful too and vice versa. So we should constantly be pumping each other up uh, and shining light on one another. Absolutely. Our next, so so now we're on the best part, well, which is the TikTokers to follow. I yeah, TikTok is is so fun. I have gotten so I have mentioned this before, and I've told you, Sarah, that I have tried to make TikToks. It's very difficult for me. Finally, last night I figured out. I finally got my I like because I've been doing like demo ones like for myself, just like not with any props or clo- or makeup or costumes or anything because <laughs> obviously I'm going to do like oh, I guess I'm going to do a whole production but I finally last night figured out how to get my lips to match the song I, I couldn't do it yeah. I knew that I knew you had to slow it down and dance I didn't realize that you should do it for other stuff so now I feel like a genius I was like oh I can do it now Sarah will you tell us about your TikTok journey Oh my God. It's so silly. I guess uh, (laughs) when I started, I was just like, I started following my first pick. Her name is Jara Foster Fell and she makes videos about how to go viral on TikTok. And I just like stumbled upon her content and the algorithm is so smart that if you like something, they keep popping up and similar content shows up. And so I started to see a lot of her videos and she has like a few major tenants. First is that your videos should be about 15 seconds. That's the sweet spot. So don't go too long. Use a song that is trending. So it has like the little fire emoji next to it when you're picking out your audio. Mm -hmm. She also said that your video will be boosted to the for you page. um, If you use a trending hashtag, but don't hashtag for you page, you should be eliciting like some sort of, emotion from people yep and so the video that I posted it was me and like I posted to Instagram a million years ago it didn't get any traction at all and now I posted this video of me at the pool visiting our friend RB and a bunch of his like um, neighbors from his building were in the pool challenging each other and trash talking each other to a race. And they all happen to be men. And so <laughs> I said like, Hey, can I get in on this? Can I race? And I kicked their butts like so bad as a division one swimmer. I was kind <laughs> of a shark. I was like, yeah, yeah, we'll race. Sure. And I'm in my bikini. I'm like not ready to, uh, to do any sort of Michael Phelps performance, but, but I did beat them by like a full body length. And so the video has 250,000 views on TikTok all of a sudden. At first (laughs) I was horrified because I'm like, Oh my God, like all these people were watching. I thought this was kind of a private experiment for me as I learned a new media. Like I didn't even have any followers that I actually knew in real life, you know, cause I'm old, (laughs) but then I became fascinated. So 
I don't know. Thank you, Jara Foster-Fell. She's a good like starter point if you're trying to get some tips on how to have your videos go Those viral. Those are very good points. I will also say too, like one day you just texted me and you were like, Molly, oh my God. And I was like, yes. <laughs> and you're like, uh, something has happened <laughs> on TikTok. Well, but, I told my college friends and I felt like they all just kind of thought it was lame. And I'm like, yeah. who's going to appreciate this? <laughs> right? Molly. Well, I will tell you, one of my picks is to follow Sarah Cunnell Sanders. <laughs> You're so good at it. Well, also because I feel Thanks, like, I don't Molly. know, people sort of, if they feel like they know you, even if they don't know you from this podcast if you're listening right um sarah's getting really good though you're getting really good at like the music edits and like the um like pinning your text oh you're so sweet they're you're making engrossing tiktoks uh my mom enjoy has enjoyed watching you cook via your (laughs) reposting them to instagram that was another tip from Jara. She says, like, repost it to your other mm-hmm. platforms and you'll drag more people onto TikTok because they'll go, oh, if Sarah's baking dumplings or whatever yeah. on TikTok, I thought it was just a dance app for the teens. And then they'll join. It is so much fun. The best advice I ever got from my mentor, Tom Decord, was arrive first. And actually, that was what inspired us to just go for this podcast. He told me that. And I was like, yeah, we don't have to be experts. Let's just arrive first. And then people think of us as podcasters because no one else is doing it in Worcester, really. Professional podcasters. Yeah. But I think (laughs) TikTok, I have the same feeling. If you arrive first, you're going to get good before everyone else. And then when all the people you actually know get there, you can delete all the lame videos that you made early on in your career. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, it's true. Like in our circle or circles, like you definitely are, you just like jumped in and now we're like, let's go. Like I so I told Sarah that I am going to make I'm finally going to struggle through and like make my first TikTok. And if I don't do it, today is Monday. We're recording on Monday. I told her if I don't have it up by say like Wednesday at like 8 p.m. I'm <laughs> if I don't have it up out. by Wednesday at 8 p.m. You have to like you have to shout me out. Call me out on social media. Go to Instagram, Instagram stories. Whatever. Just be like, Molly said she's going to make a TikTok. She didn't do it. Okay. I was inspired by, did you hear about this story? Hold on. The director of this new movie on Instagram. I'm not on Instagram. Oh, my gosh. I'm, like, thinking of social. <laughs> I just have social media in my brain now. Um, uh, it's called The Half of It. It's a new movie on Netflix. It's, like, one of their cool teen movies. Yeah, I watched it. Yeah, her name is Alice Wu, and she made a movie in the 2000s that I love called Saving Face. It's a wonderful film. Um, But she told her friend, because she had a deadline to finish her script, and she texted, or she, like, texted one of her friends, and she's like, I just wrote a $1,000 check to the NRA, (laughs) and if I don't finish my script, like, I'm going to give it to you, and you have to mail it. Because that was, like, the worst, that was, like, the worst possible thing she could think of was donating money to the NRA. I bet that was a powerful motivator. Right? Oh, yeah. She was like, and then I finished it. So I was like, I need some kind of, like, I got to hold myself accountable somehow. And I was like, this is the way. You can even put it on the pop-it page if I don't do it. Like, don't even just do your own. Like, call me out, like, on our on our 1500 follower Instagram page. All right. Well, I have three other suggestions to inspire you. And yes. so 
<laughs> Jara was my first. She also says, like, find your niche, you know, figure out where you're posting. Because if your posts are just all over the place, it's mm-hmm. not going to stick in the algorithm and end up on the For You page, which is really important if you want your videos to blow up or whatever. Absolutely. It's like the Discover page for on Instagram, right? Exactly. Is what I would liken it to. Yes. So I'm still trying to figure out what my niche is. I was like, is it girl power? Is it... um cooking is it mm-hmm. being a teacher so there are a couple of teachers on tiktok that i really enjoy snarky marky he does like you've heard a teacher say this and this and this and he'll be like i'll wait the level <laughs> of noise on this school bus is too loud driver pull over pull over and like i don't know it's just all these things that definitely you had a grumpy teacher say and for me it's extra funny because i'm like oh that sounds like my colleague you know Oh, yeah. I've told kids I'll wait so many times. (laughs) Samuel Grubbs is another funny education account. It's a Zoom class. And it's very, like, present time. You know, these are coming out every day. And so to have coronavirus-themed content is that's so clever, I think, it is kind of a novelty. But Samuel Grubbs, I thought it was an actual class for a long time, but it must be actors or orchestrated. But there's this old <laughs> woman who is the teacher, and she is on Zoom. And you can tell she doesn't, like, really understand how Zoom works. And the whole class continues to play pranks on her every day. So one day they yell, like, the Toy Story thing, Andy's coming. And then they all like drop dead. One day they all change their names on Zoom so that it says like not connecting dot, dot, dot. And then they all put it on at once. And she's like, where where did everyone go? Where It's you're not connecting. They get progressively funny and intricate. And I definitely think it's worth giving a watch. And then I love uh, all the videos that are like, Wow, you can really dance. Oh, yeah, I love it. (laughs) And I continue to say that more and more when I don't mean to. I'll be like, wow. And then my husband's like, oh, my God, you're doing it again. (laughs) You can really dance. Have you seen the one with like those those two really old guys? Yes. I love it. They're like in a senior home. It's adorable. I also love any video of the pet where it's like this voice it's a narrated voice that you can put on any video and it walks in it's like oh hi friend it's me you're human I take care (laughs) of you because you's a little baby let me give you a poops boop and then they tap the dog or the baby or whatever little small creature it is on the nose they're just all so cute they make you feel good yeah that is what it is it's just like it's really fun it's pure it's really like Actually, well, that's not true. Some of them have, there are some people who are doing like very informative, like social justice based ones, but even those are fun. Yeah. Like they are, they're so entertaining to watch and they're, it's the ingenuity of the whole concept is awesome. Like a lot of young people and especially we were just talking about this, like a lot of young people in um, oppressed or marginalized voices are able to use TikTok to like really do a lot of cool stuff. Now, one influencer of all time I see on your list is J-Lo. Yes, J-Lo's TikTok is great. And I will tell you, so some of her TikToks are like boring, like, hey, guys, like, I just want to let you know about this, this or this or like whatever. They're still entertaining because it's J-Lo. But every once in a while, she and her family will do some of those like the dances or the lip syncing ones. Um, And she just did one a couple, I think it was a couple days ago. I just saw it yesterday, the day before. Um, She is 
engaged to Alex Rodriguez, the baseball player who the like that the super hated baseball player who has now become like a beloved um, <laughs> sportscaster and like internet guy. But the two of them did one of those, you know, the lip syncing video. I don't know what it's from. I tried to find out. And it's like these two guys who are like, uh, I'm quitting this job. Like they're just like going back and forth and the other and so she's kind of the main one and A-Rod's sort of like her hype man and he's just doing like the little sound effects. He's like, yeah, we're both gonna quit. The day you give your notice, I'm giving my notice. Yes, it's very, I would say more of what they say, but it's very, it's it's vulgar. Um, But it's so funny. Like, I don't know, just watching them like in the wild, you know? Yeah, you can tell that they've got a good sense of humor. Yeah, they're and they're both showmen. Uh, absolutely. But so every once in a while, she just comes up with these ones where you're just like sent for sent on a trip and have a great time. I love JLo's TikToks. Wait, but Molly, I don't recognize the other two people on your list. Josh Lawson and Dr. Glockoflecken. <laughs> so Josh Lawson is actually just, he's like an actor. He was in um, that TV show House of Lies with Don Cheadle and... Kristen Bell, and he was in the campaign with Will Ferrell. So, like, I just, I, f- I think I followed him on, like, Instagram or something because I liked him. But since he has been in quarantine, he has been doing TikToks, and he does a lot of the, like, the, you know, the viral sound ones. But he does so many of children talking, like kids' voices, <laughs> where he just does the lip sync. And he did one. He, I think he's at, like, that Josh, Josh Lawson, but he did one of, there's, like, a, uh, sound of a kid being like I didn't do it about like drawing all over her face <laughs> and the mom is like you have a marker in your hand and he drew he like has like the uh, his computer open with like a picture of Post Malone and then he like drew all of Post Malone's face tattoos on his face but then it's like this little kid being like no I don't know what you're talking about my favorite one like that is I love like those. an audio clip of a little girl saying, I bought my yipstick at Home Depot and she's yes! holding lipstick. And so then you have all these beauty influencers that are just stunningly gorgeous women uh-huh. putting on lipstick being like, I got this yipstick at Home Depot. And it's like a two-year-old's voice. It's so much fun. Like, right. So it's just goofy. like all those things. It's really goofy. It's really zany and fun. Um, so he does a really good job with those little kid ones. He's an actor, you know? But yeah, Dr. Glockenflecken is a, an American guy, first of all. It sounds like a crazy German thing. I found him on Twitter. I don't know how. I just happened to start following him. He is an ophthalmologist slash comedian. He started making these jokes on Twitter where basically the idea was like, he was trying to find some humor in the situation, right? So the idea was that all of the... ERs and ICUs are going to be chock full of people um, and that the doctors are going to be overloaded. So people like ophthalmologists who are eye doctors are going to have to start like working in the ICU. (laughs) It started just as like kind of goofy, like ophthalmology humor. He's very just like he's naturally very funny. It's not like you don't have to understand anything about Uh, it. Yes, the ophthalmology humor. Right. But it has escalated now to just like you know, he does the, like, he plays the two parts where it's, like, you do, you film both sides. Talking about, like, if when the ICU doctor, like, enters the ICU, and it was playing um, Come and Get Your Love, where it's, like, hey, hey, what's the matter? And so, but it was just, like, it stopped at the what? And it was him looking over and seeing, like, himself, the the, the regular ophthalmologist being, like, hey, I'm here. <laughs> um, they're very, very silly. 
he's super funny. He's also like cute. So I'm like, oh, this is great. All of it's great. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love the idea that there are constraints pushing people to be creative, you know, Absolutely. like you've got to use this audio, but make it your own. And I yep. think there's a lot of interesting developments happening. And that's the part of our brain that we need to work on, given that automation and artificial intelligence is coming to take our jobs. <laughs> Absolutely. Which brings us to the next category. It's so funny because I also had a way to tie mine into the next category. This is perfect. So we're talking about well, number three is three things we've learned about ourselves. Sarah, let's talk about simulation theory some more. Okay. I think we talked about it a couple weeks ago, didn't we? I know. Well, I think it doesn't matter. We can talk I about get forever. weirder and weirder the more that I'm isolated. <laughs> Have you ever um, looked into the Uncanny Valley? Yes. Of like the rope. It reminds me of that. So the more that they're able to animate, especially on video games or on um, like Pixar style movies. Mm-hmm. What are those called? CG. Yeah. 3D animation. and CGI, yeah. 3D animation. The more that those figures look like real humans, the more uncomfortable we become. And they call that yes. the uncanny valley. So they have to be a little cartoonish for them to get a high approval rating from actual humans. Which is why people... Hate the Polar Express because it's right. terrifying and weird. Fell into the uncanny valley. Mm-hmm. Okay, so simulation theory, it's the idea that we're all actually a simulation. So, like, perhaps we're the coronavirus simulation or we're the, like, global warming simulation or both. But there yep. are these simulators far in the future and artificial intelligence is progressing and machine learning is happening so fast uh, that we are actually a product of that. And so we're just simulations working out all the problems for the real humans somewhere so that they can figure out the best way to live their lives. That reminds me, though, of something that's happening right now that a lot of people are doing in quarantine is visiting or revisiting, like, um, huge cultural moments, right? Or, like, what we might call, like, a cultural reset. And I have noticed, and I don't know if you have too, a ton of people are checking into The Matrix, or like yes. rechecking it. People are like, we got to watch The Matrix right now. And I think that's so interesting because I do think it it does feel like that. It does feel like we are in that kind of off dimension or whatever. Well, in another sort of cockamamie science, I downloaded CoStar a few months ago when Love I was Co-Star. out to eat with my friends. It's like an astrology app. It's silly, but my friend Joy and my friend Krista were like, you don't have it? You need to get CoStar. And so I downloaded it. And they do. It sends me like nice affirmations every morning. Every and then day, I write them yeah. at the top of my to-do list. So the other day, I open up the app and I'm expecting something sweet. Like today said, give yourself permission to heal. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I was like, oh. But on this particular day, I opened it up after I've been thinking a lot about simulation theory. And it says, accept that you are a robot. Oh, my God. And I was like, what? <laughs> That's terrifying. CoStar? So I think it was maybe not last week or the week before. And I don't know if it had something to do with some planetary alignment or what, but they were on one. I actually did. I talked about this with our friend Joy because I got one that I was very disturbed by. Um, And then so did Krista. We all I'm trying to find it right now because I did save it because I was like, well, this is insane. But I also like saw people on Twitter. You know, I follow like some astrology or astrology adjacent accounts. I like it as a hobby. I think it's really fun. 
you know, like how people like fantasy football. It's the same thing. So except that I'm a robot was one. Yeah. The one I got today, give yourself permission to heal. I thought it was like really beautiful. That one is good. And we all struggle with things, but I think being in isolation so much, you start to reconsider things that you maybe have been ignoring in your mental Mm -hmm. health or your own life. And it's really easy to get busy and give yourself more and more tasks to distract you from things you haven't dealt with yet. And now is a great time to give yourself permission to heal and hurt and work through things. So I really liked that one. That's something I've learned about myself. Absolutely. Co-star is a lot of fun. Oh, it says, the the one that I got said, you want to be a hero, but your life has ruined your chance. And I was like, excuse me? First of all, that's the plot of Birdman. Secondly, I was like, what does this even mean? Like, it was so upsetting to me. I had to, like, sit and think about it, which is kind of the the fun or usefulness of it i guess is that even if it's not real even if it isn't real or if it's not whatever it is like you said very useful to just like contemplate and think on and you think yeah how can i apply this all right so the third one that i got and this is the third thing i guess i've learned about myself (laughs) it said fear collapses imagination and i think that's true especially when we joke about my tiktok journey it's easy on Instagram to want everything to be so polished and be afraid to post. And then yeah. if it doesn't get a certain number of likes in a certain amount of time, you're like, oh, there must have been something that was not ideal about that post. And at least I get like really insecure. But TikTok, they're just like, whatever, put it out there. More content is better. More authentic content is better. And so I think it sparks imagination that you don't have to be afraid to put things out there. So I really like that. But then also that same day that I got Fear Collapses Imagination, we mm-hmm. watched the documentary Spaceship Earth. And oh, yeah, it was wonderful. It's about like a real life biodome that biodome. happened. Biodome. Biodome 2, right? It, it's or bio, uh, Biosphere 2? Yes, they call it Biosphere 2, thinking uh, yeah. that Biosphere 1 is the actual Earth. <laughs> I love it. I can't wait to watch it. There's a moment when they're not getting enough oxygen and they all stop getting along. And I thought that was a really good reminder that like fear collapses imagination, but like also not having your basic necessities. Survival. Going outside and opening the windows and getting oxygen. It makes you less imaginative. So I think that's important. We are all ultimately survivalists. Absolutely. There's a part in Apollo 13, which I believe happened in real life, where they find that like uh, you know, obviously, everything's going wrong. They have to, like, loop around the moon a bunch of times. But they there is a part where they say there's only enough oxygen, you know, in this this or that scenario for two people. And the Kevin Bacon character is like, because he wasn't supposed to be there in the first place. So then he starts to feel like the other guys resent him. And it's like a whole thing. And it's almost exactly that same idea, though, where it's like, ultimately, they're, it's about survival. Now, what are the three things that you've learned about yourself? Well, I was thinking about, it's so funny, we were just talking about how the limitations make us more creative, right? Or make us have to see outside of what we're used to. <laughs> One thing that I do, I tend to do this if, I, if I'm if i feeling stressed, or not even just like stressed, just sort of like need to decompress and relax, is I always go back to the TV show Chopped <laughs> on the Food Network. And it's not even like, I don't even do it consciously sometimes. Like, every once in a while, I'll just, like, open up 
I don't if I don't want to flip around and try and decide what to watch, I'll just be like, oh, it's chop time. And I just I feel like I enter this like trance where I'm just I feel so calm by it, by, by like the the like the procedure of it, you know, it has if you guys have never seen it, it has very clear cut like rounds. You know, it's just very like it's the same every time. It's super predictable. And I think that at this time it has been a nice thing for me to like just visit and revisit because first of all there's a billion episodes um but it just it is also that it's the idea that like I like watching people have to work within limitations of having four ingredients that they have to include and they don't go together so it is about ingenuity it is it is about resourcefulness but it's also just very calming it's a nice I just know what's gonna happen you know yeah. Oh, talk about an algorithm. Chopped is very based in a formula. <laughs> I'm at the point now where like I'll turn to people who like don't watch it that much and I'll be like, oh, this person did this, this or this and they are going I home. It was you. I was going to say like someone had a funny tweet, but I think it was yours where you were like, have these people never seen the show? You cannot garnish with one of the basket ingredients. You idiots. Yes. Well, I also have a theory because I was thinking about it. I said, so they obviously have to take a lot of risks depending on what they're given and their baskets. And sometimes it feels like men take risks on their dishes and those risks pay off. And they're, even if it doesn't come out the way they wanted it to, the mistake isn't big enough to send them home. And I think that sometimes the women chefs take big risks and the only time we hear about it is in their speech of why they're getting sent home. They're like, oh, what a dumb gal. Yeah, and I'm, I'm interested in it. Also, I'm going to start saying gal more. It's something my grandma does a lot, and I was like, I started. I'm stealing that. <laughs> I love it. I started saying that to um, my girls at school. I'd be like, hey, gals. I and they're like, it. why did you just say that? Classic. Uh, so I do. I always go back to Chopped. Tell me about your napping habits. Oh, it's so bad. Well, I don't know, you know. So working from home, I have, like, set times that I have to be – live and I have to be online and I have to be interacting and then I have other times that are more fluid and I think that's true for most of us who are working from home where we sort of have the time for me I have found one of the one of the big things for me is like I don't have a desk in my room or like a chair because I did not foresee having to work from home right as like a teacher slash like server at a restaurant one of the big things for me is that I can be on my bed for certain things like certain times when I just have to do certain things but I need to move around the house like I have to be in different places it is like one of the few things that will keep me going it makes me more motivated um and I think part of that is just like beds are for sleeping (laughs) I often will put on the soundtrack to the social network I just rewatched the social network the other day it's so good the the soundtrack to the social network the score written by it's written by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross is the reason I swear to god that I finished my college capstone <laughs> it's hard for me i want to take a nap i want to just yeah i think nap we're all, all day. really not I also, I, I just want to shout out my husband right now. He Yay. does a call with, like, arguably the most powerful person in the city every night. And I'm, like, banging around in the kitchen. I'm so rude. <laughs> and he's, like, tiptoeing around right now and being like, oh, oh sorry, sorry. <laughs> he's so sweet. Oh, Jake. <laughs> he is the best. I will learn from his behavior. He's a good model. <laughs> 
I was reading about how something that's happening to us right now, though, is that even if our bodies are rested and our bodies don't feel tired, our brains are working overtime because we're, like, going through a collective trauma. I feel that. And so people were like, if you feel like you have to take a nap in the middle of the day, like, you probably, your brain probably needs a rest because we're in flight mode. We're in, like, almost a permanent flight mode right now. Give yourself permission to heal. Absolutely. Exactly. So it's like I'm trying not to be too hard on myself for those days. It happens to me often in the middle of the week, I've noticed. Like Tuesday and Wednesday tends to be the time Mm -hmm. where I'm just like, I cannot get motivated. The last thing on your list is so beautiful and I completely agree. (laughs) Yes, I have learned that I don't care if I ever wear a bra again. Not just in quarantine, (laughs) just in my life. Like, I don't – and I think that's – I think it's a thing. I think it's, like, trending. It's, like, a luxury for us to – I mean, oh, my God. No, our whole lives, I think you and I probably have been, like, oh, small-chested girls, small-chested gals. What a tough life. But now, oh, my God, what a wonderful luxury. (laughs) Who cares, right? Forget bras. Yes. (laughs) I think I encourage – and I don't care – What's that? Well, for some people, if it is a comfort issue, like, absolutely wear a bra. But I don't care how big your boobs are. Just, like, let them go. I don't G-A-F. You feel comfortable. You go for it. New cultural norm. Yeah. Let's bring, again, leading us us again to the 1970s. Let's burn our bras. Um, Number, our, our, like, our thing for two is high points. Uh, and one of my high points is the so FX is like you know the ed- the cool edgy cable station, but they station like it's the nineties. Um, they recently <laughs> have put they're one of the one of the like networks that puts episodes on Hulu usually the day after they air, but they have also just put their entire they've moved their like entire library on a Hulu lately, which is very cool. So like their whole lineup is there. They have a lot of great shows, but in particular, Mrs. America is a new one that is. Unbelievable. I mentioned it earlier. I mentioned it now. Uh, Sarah, you have watched a little bit of it too, right? Yeah, I watched the first episode the other day. Oh, it's so awesome. Like, I kind of described it earlier, but it is about basically the battle to pass the Equal Rights Amendment starting in, like, the early 70s, and it goes sort of past when Roe v. Wade passed. It centers on several characters. Each episode is sort of tells the story of one or two characters in particular, but it really takes its basis from, like, Phyllis Schlafly, who was on the conservative side. She was uh, more of a housewife, and she was fighting for that side of it. And then we have Gloria Steinem, Betty Friedan. Oh, no. I can't. I'm imagining all the actresses. Oh, Bella (laughs) Abzug. (laughs) Bella Abzug and Jill Ruckelshaus and Shirley Chisholm is awesome. But, yeah, it's very cool. I'm so glad you mentioned women's empowerment because I guess one of my high points happened today. I was like having a really crazy day. I had, I don't know, lots of Zooming and all these deadlines and I was busy and my phone lights up and it's like, Sarah, your face is on a beer can. And I was like, what? (laughs) It's so cool and it's so recognizable. So I helped to brew a beer for Redemption Rock brewing called overqualified on pink boots brew day which is like a celebration of women in the beer industry and a local artist who is there as well her name is danielle oh danielle brooks because she married liz did they did she change her name yeah okay i just looked on oh yeah she did yep danielle brooks 
a local artist who was there too, Danielle Brooks, sketched the faces of all the girls who helped to brew that day and were on the can. I was so pumped. It's really <laughs> cool. It's a super cool thing. We are going to be um, joining Redemption Rock for, I think they're going to do like a series of like Instagram lives, right? To kind of talk with just like women, local women. Yeah. So we're going to talk beer. Yes. That'll be very fun. Okay. Both of our second things that were high points for us are about activities, (laughs) activities and athleticism in a sense. Yes. You're so lucky that your ceilings are high enough that you can jump on the bed. Yep, I know. That's what and I, I wrote talk about. about this in Worcester Magazine, and a lot of people were like, oh, that was a funny joke. And I was like, no, this is no. not a joke. I don't know how it started, but like I was trying to, you know, heighten the mood or something. And I started jumping on the bed in the morning and going, jump, jump, jump. Yes, I jump on the bed. Yes, I start every day with a jump on the bed. And this now is a TikTok. I- that's a TikTok. I continue to do it, and I can't tell if I'm driving my husband crazy or if he's loving it, really, but it's pretty much the highlight of every day. I think it's great. I love that. I have been taking a lot of walks because I need to, first of all, I need to move my body. I uh, have hips that... That don't lie. I have always... I've been saying this for years. I need an, yeah, yeah. I need an oil can. I am like the Tin Man... I lived in Boston for a few years, and I used to walk everywhere. And, like, Sarah, you lived in New York City. Yeah. I just – I would walk miles a day because it was how I got to places. Uh, and it's very nice for me now. First of all, I live in a location that is fairly central to stuff. But it's been really, really nice for me to, like, kind of feel that it's a social norm for me to walk again. Um I have just, like, been really loving it. I walk with my roommates. I walk by myself. It has just been awesome. I feel great about it. And I think everyone should be taking, like, brisk walks. The last category that we have here are (laughs) low points. And we both kind of have general low points. But I guess depressed. (laughs) I'm just worried, yeah, that I've been isolated so much that I'm starting to get, like, really sensitive and really Mm self-centered at a time when a lot of people are suffering. Yeah, but, yeah, but I think in some way, I know, it's so hard, like, but I think that part of that comes from, I think that part of that sensitivity comes from the anxiety about what's going on. I think, like, you have to think on such a large scale about just, like, there's so much we we like how do we even process this you know what I mean I know but I always build myself as such a tough cookie and then like yesterday I had a phone conversation with my cousin and I started crying on the yeah. phone and I was like what is happening to me I'm an emotional wreck but I watched the most recent Star Wars movie the other day and I cried two times <laughs> about an old character showing up like a very minor a very minor old character what'd you say it's cathartic. It feels good. It is. You know? I love crying. I do. I have always said that's actually that brings me back to Free to Be You and Me, that wonderful special. There is a great song from it. It's called It's All Right to Cry. And it is sung by a big giant football player named Rosie Greer. Highly recommend it. It's a beautiful song. It was to teach boys that it was okay to cry. Um, it's awesome. Aww. 
but it is it's very and I had always thought that I remember being like in college and being like I need to cry and I have always been the type of person who has found it easier to sort of get through situations if I feel sort of depressed or like wallowy or whatever I find it much easier to like make myself more sad and come out of it you know that's a good point to like watch a really sad movie and just give into it and not not even more sad necessarily I guess but like just to feel like I would watch something that would make me feel not so like crazy or not so whatever you know yeah I have a powwow meeting at 6 30 um so do you want to just kind of speed through these final recommendations so queeby is a new thing if you guys don't know about it, it's like a it's a phone app. It's phone only. It's all just like content for your that you can watch on your phone and they're all they're quick bites. I'm getting so many ads for it. It's everywhere. Right. Well, so there was there were like millions and millions of dollars poured into this and like huge names are associated with it. We have like Chrissy Teigen and Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner and all of this stuff. Um there's like huge it's it's supposed to be huge, but it's kind of sort of like not become what it I think they thought it was gonna be I heard it's flopping but the first 30 days are free so do you wanna should we download it and then like next week say if we found something we liked July oh yeah because I think that they well I think that they thought because of what um is going on yeah but yes but apparently they've been sued for for one thing about fraud like some weird finance security fraud whatever i don't know and then they've been sued by someone else for like for like stealing tech it's a whole thing i would only join it because they have a reboot of reno 911 <laughs> i didn't know One that of my, i love it yeah so I was like, oh, I was like, do I have to get, you know, it's like 10 minute episodes, but I was like, oh, I think the whole concept was we want to give people videos that they can watch while they're waiting in line for groceries or waiting in line at the bank or whatever. But you know, everyone's what? on their phone phone anyway, but now nobody's doing that stuff in yep. the same way. Or if you are waiting in line at the groceries, you're like super astute. You're not looking down at your phone and hopefully yeah, you're wearing gloves, the timing. And all, you know, it's like. Yeah. The timing was not good for them. But, yeah, yeah let's investigate this. I think we should do it. Um, did you have a Never Have I Ever for me? No. Oh, I it saw is my it new favorite. Here. It's my new favorite TV show, Never Have I Ever, on Netflix. <gasps> oh, I need a new show. It okay. is. Oh, you will love it. It is about uh, a girl named Davy. She is a 10th grader in California. It is created by and produced by Mindy Kaling. It's about a an Indian teen who wants to be cool and wants to be hot, but has a lot of problems, Don't we <laughs> including all? anger issues. She's like oh. super. It's I love it because it's it's so hard to watch teen shows sometimes where I'm like, this is not how teens are, you know. Like teens are not cool and flawless and like whatever. Um, so she's got a lot of feelings and a lot of issues that come up for her. It's very, very funny. Um, and her friends are great. But I highly recommend it. It also has, like, beautiful portrayals of Indian American culture. It's really, really cool. Uh, it's only it's 10 episodes. It's on Netflix. It just dropped last week. It's awesome. I recommend it so hard. Um, and the boy who plays Paxton Hall Yoshida does play a high schooler on TV, and to be clear to everyone, he's 29 in real life, so 
<laughs> He's very handsome. You'll see. That's always very confusing to me. Like, how old is Noah Sansonio? It's so weird, right? Well, that was the thing. So this show dropped and everyone on Twitter was like, Noah Sansonio is shaking in his boots about this guy. Because <laughs> he's like the new Netflix hot guy. But yeah, the idea that Netflix puts these men on television but portrays them as boys and then you're like oh I find him handsome is that wrong and then you realize like no he's in his late 20s right. okay and like this kid on never have I ever is supposed to be like he's so hot and so cool that like <laughs> everyone in like the greater Los Angeles area knows who he is you know and I was like what you were like wow he can really dance <laughs> exactly speaking of dancing there is an oral history of Center Stage, one of the greatest movies ever made on Vulture. Oh. Uh, it came out, I think it was like 2000-ish. It's just, it's a movie about a girl who like wants to be a soloist in the, I think they make a, the, a, the ABT. And they basically are like, you have the willpower, but like you have the feet for it. And so it's like, it's a whole movie about her like fighting to like get to the top and how the girl who like has the bet who is like the best at dancing and like is so skinny and beautiful like doesn't even really want to do it like her heart's not in it um, but yeah there's a great oral history of this it's a cult film it's on it's but it's good it's on vulture another vulture piece nice it is yes pop it endorses vulture from yes New York mag <laughs> absolutely vulture and the cut i both love uh, but yeah it's really great one of the one of the women who's in it, Susan May Pratt, she is also in 10 Things I Hate About You. So she's kind of been in like a couple like teen cult kind of movies. And she talked about she was like, even more than that, though, like people come up to me and like they just want to talk about center stage. Center like stage. They love it. And it's funny because my uncle lives next door to her. Oh. And we drove I visited him a few years ago and drove up to his house and I saw her and I got out of the car and I went. Oh, my your neighbor is famous. Like, I, like, fully, like, I was like, oh, my God. And he was like, yeah, kind of. She, like, doesn't really act anymore. And I was like, no, you don't understand. So, you know, like, to me, she's a huge deal. But, yeah, it's really great. Highly recommend. Awesome. All right. Mm-hmm. I got to go Zoom with some other people. <laughs> Come on and Zoom. Come on and Zoom. Come on and Zoom. Come on and Zoom. All right, Molly. That was what I had to say about that. (laughs) I have been Sarah. (laughs) I have been Molly. And this was Pop It. Pop It. Thank you so much. That was so fun.